This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit on 7 to 9 a.m. Visit us on www.kpulpit.co.za. Uh, good morning, Dion, from our conversation with Dominic Yanni Pelser, all the way from Kriersdorp. He was talking about feeling things a little bit shaky at the moment, and he says that his words were sometimes feels, and others have agreed this morning, that it feels like there's a little bit of a, a, a black curtain descending in certain areas of life, shaking things up just a little bit, making some people feel a little bit down. So you, you're quite a calming influence, Dion, so we're glad we got you on the air with us. Good morning. You know, I must say, Brad, I so love listening to, to Yanni. I've known him for years, yeah. and uh, what a wise and, and wonderful brother in the Lord. You know? Well mm. worth uh, heeding advice from him, absolutely. But I'm well, uh, I'm blessed, and uh, happy to be on with you today. So before we get into this very important conversation this morning over the next 10 minutes, uh, this question came in from a listener. Now, we thought we could Google it because we don't know the answer, but we don't want to Google it. So we thought, I'm just going to ask you, uh, we had a, a quiz question this morning. We asked the question. A listener answered the question and responded with another question. that says, okay, I've got a question for you. Who was Kezia's father? Who was Kezia? K-E-S-I-A. Who was Kezia's father in the Bible? I don't know. Why? Goodness, uh, Brad, I also have no idea who Kezia's father was uh, in the Bible. Oh, yeah? Um, I, I have no idea. I wonder whether, whether Kezia was, the, the, the father of Kezia was actually named by name. It's, it's possible that, uh, you know, often the way in which, which the scriptures work is um, because they're illustrating a narrative, yeah. um, they might just mention, you know, I remember the, the story of Kezia's strict father, but I can't remember exactly uh, what the narrative is. Okay, so I, I've done us all a favor and I've Googled it. And um, yes. and I see a listener has just answered the question. So let's go to what the listener says. The listener says, isn't uh, Kezia's father Job? Isn't it, it says in Afrikaans, is it not Job's daughter that he later had? Was it not the most in that land? So I Googled it and that's exactly right. It says she was the second of the three daughters born to Job after his suffering. Job 42.14. Well, there you go. Every day is a wow, school day. Wow, there we go. There we go. You know, Brad, I must say, often in, in my classes, I say to the students, you know, the, 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 the sort of um, uh, definition of a lecturer is that they have read for 15 minutes longer than their students. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we love it. So, so yeah, let's move on. Before we run out of time here this morning, something very powerful that you mentioned about the responsibility that we have that to influence God's change and His goodness in our relationship and in our world. That seems something really deep, but I have a sneaky feeling this is actually just some good practical application we can all do. Brad, you know, it's absolutely. I mean, I was reading this week um, a little bit in, uh, in Malcolm Gladwell's new book, Talking to Strangers, and um, it was just, I'm surprised again by a little statistic. I really love, you know, Malcolm Gladwell's books, The Pinpoint, and uh, I'm trying to think what the dog saw. I've read quite a few of them. But um, this latest one is very interesting again. And in there he was saying that, you know, history is ultimately all about influence. Yeah. Um, you know, if we look back on history, we can see that it's, it's persons, it's communities, it's events that have changed history. And, and leadership, of course, is fundamentally connected to the notion of influence. Every mm. single person influences someone else. And in fact, um, in that sense, I think we could claim that, that every individual is a leader in some sense, because yes. we, we influence knowingly or unknowingly. 
And uh, in the book, uh, Gladwell notes that sociologists estimate that even the most introverted person, so the person who is not uh, like you on the radio or, you know, writing books or doing mm. YouTube videos or whatever, even the most introverted person is likely to, to impact the lives of at least 10,000 other people wow. during her or his life. So even the most introverted person. Of course, we, if we think about that, your aunt, your, your grandmother, your niece, um, you know, we had, uh, again, another very sad instance of one of our students uh, who, who was a policeman um, who got infected with COVID and passed away this oh. week. And just to see the outpouring of, of, of you know, uh, sympathy and, and the personal stories about this person, you realize he was so incredibly influential, even wow. in his young life. So, you know, I often encounter people who say, well, you know, my life is, is not really, you know, that kind of a life. You know, I, I'm not the CEO of an organization or a radio or TV personality. What, what kind of influence can mm. I have? Well, there's a beautiful African proverb that says, if you think that you're too small to make a difference, you haven't spent the night with a mosquito. <laughs> Isn't that beautiful? <laughs> yeah. If you think you're too small to make a difference, you haven't spent the night with a mosquito. Now, of course, uh, a mosquito makes a difference by annoying, mm. but the principle, I think, is the same. I mean, if, if we truly bring our influence to bear on people's lives, we, we can really be used by God to, to change the world. Just one person can be the voice of truth in their community. Just one person can show people what it means to live in love. One person can point out where there is injustice. One person can say, this is what God desires for your life or for our community. And so I, I really wanted to encourage our listeners today to say, I, I think this is a message for you. I think mm. this is a message for you. Yes, even as we heard in, in the previous uh, section, there is a, there is a, a heaviness. There is, a, yeah. there is a, a struggle, a, a spiritual climate of, of difficulty in our land. But in God's economy, in the way in which God looks at history and the world, it's never lost. It's never lost. So listen to this. I want to leave you with 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 12. Sisters and brothers, this is for me, it's for you. Listen to this. Conduct your lives in such a way amongst the Gentiles that even though they may slander you as evildoers, mm. your good deeds, will glorify God on the day he visits us. There we go. Yeah, Dion, uh, this idea that we can't do something or we're not able to, you know, you've got to be a professor who stands in front of a, uh, of a classroom or a lecture hall, I beg your pardon, and influences the lives of students year in and year out, for example, something that you would do. There's this idea that you're insignificant unless, and I think the, the world we live in with social media and the amount of or number of followers that you have on Instagram, you know, unless you're an influencer, who are you really? And, and I think that's such a shame that we've been shaped and molded in, in this way to think that even just being the person who, and I say this with much love and care, you know, who on a Sunday morning when we were still able to all get together, uh, you know, who cleans the toilets and makes sure that the basins are clean for everybody who goes in, like you think that's not significant. And I think it's such a shame. You think you have to have your name in light or a million people uh, before you can be someone who can influence somebody else's life positively or have a true impact. Brad, you know, I mean, you've hit the nail on the head there. I remember some years ago listening to a sermon uh, it was actually a trial sermon. One of my students was preaching their trial sermon. But even those can be a blessing. <laughs> and uh, he used the illustration to, to us saying, 
you know, if, if you want to, if you want to figure, if you want to quantify the value of, of what is really influential, think about the people that you remember most. And the illustration he used is this. He said, you know, in all honesty, you know, all of these lecturers and professors have prescribed their books and their articles to me, and they've been interesting. Mm. But the person I remember most is my friend who came to help me on that morning when I had a oh. flat tire and was stuck next to the road. That's, that's what I remember the most. That influenced my life. That, that taught me to say that's the kind of person I want to be. So I think, oh. Brad, you know, sometimes what we do is, is we think, well, until I get there, until I have that position or this title or that qualification or this bank balance, I can't do anything. You know, that's, I mean, God doesn't respect any of those things. What God wants is a willing heart and, and, and a loving heart and open hands to say, Lord, I'm yours. Uh, send me into the world today. Spend me generously for the sake of your cause and use me to change the world in whatever way you want. Yeah. I'm willing to do that. Oh, what a beautiful prayer to pray. Dion, thank you so much. Just one more thing before we go today. Uh, what is hap- the news on the street in the university um, s- uh, environment? When will classes resume like they used to? Is that something that will happen still this year? What's happening behind the scenes? Yeah, so it's, it's different from university to university. Obviously, you know, depending on the resources uh, that universities have, and it's, it's always a, a sort of a tension between trying to do as much as we can with the kind of quality that it should be done whilst keeping people safe. So I can say that some of the, the bigger universities that have very good IT infrastructure are largely going to try and stay online. You know, mm. even though... Uh, the president has said that lockdown conditions have changed. The virus hasn't changed. Yeah. And, um, you know, the, the risks are still pretty much the same. And so, you know, we're trying to take a, a, a cautious approach when, when there is a, a vaccine or, or something that makes us safe. Uh, we'll do that. But just to say, sisters and brothers, in the meantime, please, let's, let's continue to, to take care of one another, you know, yes. maintain social distancing you know, stay in small groups, don't do unnecessary visits or trips and uh, keep that mask on, wash your hands. Um, it, it'll pass, you know, it's not forever. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so certainly what is, some of the, the larger universities are saying we're, we're hoping to return to in-face uh, teaching from, from next year. Uh, thanks so much for that, Dan. Appreciate your time and uh, go and do what you do best and you be an influencer in your space. And we love that you are. And thanks that we can spend time with you. It's Head of Department of Systematic Theology and Ecclesiology, Professor Dion Foster. Have a beautiful day, Dion. Thanks, Brad. Blessings to you. Bye then. Bye-bye. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit on 7 to 9 a.m. Visit us on www.kpulpit.co.za